Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we have photographer and creative director Lauren Naylor on the show with us this week. Uh, I came across Lauren's work while looking through photography blogs and resources online, and I instantly just fell in love with her work. She has this uh, really filmic and candid eye, which really captured me. When you see her work, you'll see, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I just knew we had to have her on the show. Uh, Lauren and I talk about her constant desire to always evolve and how she's never totally satisfied with her work, which leads her to dealing with common creative obstacles that we all encounter along the way. Lauren and I discuss how film has had such a big impact on her work and how she's starting to dabble in film as well now. Uh, we also talk about Lauren's next big project, which is called Super Virgo, which is aimed at unifying a female-based community of creatives and to help awareness and share resources and just to better the community. So let's begin, everybody. Episode 179 with Lauren Neller. Let's roll. It's, again, it's one of the things I've said it many times on this show, but it's one of the things, it's one of the, the really amazing plus sides of, of having the internet and being exposed to other creatives and people out there. And I came upon your work randomly searching the web. Uh, and then I found this, I was thinking about posting my own photo, photographs online and everybody was telling me about this like 500 PX, 500 pixels.com. And your work was oh, like yeah. the showcase on there. And I was like, whoa. Your work is so beautiful and <laughs> amazing photography, amazing skills. And I, and I was like, Andrew, we got to get her on the show. She's awesome. We got <laughs> to talk to her and see, you know, hear her story. And I don't know. So, so thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's just really. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. You're welcome. You're welcome. Are you in, uh, you're based in LA? Yeah, I'm based in LA. I've been here for about three years. How do you like LA? I love it. Yeah. I came from New York, so it's a completely different world. Oh yeah. Different weather. <laughs> yeah. Just Slightly, a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah, be outside from, a lot more. Yeah. I'm from Florida. So living in New York was not an ideal situation as far as weather in the winter goes for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Florida is, is kind of a little bit more humid obviously than here, but it's, it's, it's similar in temperature because we're on the same kind of part of the earth, I think in comparison, I'm down in San yeah. Diego. So it's like, we're somewhat close. So I'm in like in the oh, high, nice. high desert. It's so, so nice there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's why we stay here. Cause it's just, everybody asks me, I want you live in LA and this and that. I'm like, nah, no, thanks. <laughs> I'll, just, <laughs> I'll stay here. I feel like San Diego's like LA's like, pretty cousin or something i don't know so exactly like more <laughs> quiet and peaceful <laughs> and yeah. cleaner cousin yeah exactly well i live up like high in the mountain areas too so like i'm i I, nice. pers I i personally like to stay away from the cities i like to come and visit but that I, I like to have to be away from all that stuff but it's just a little harder because i know it's a lot easier when you're around a lot more people to to do things like like what you're doing like which is work with talent mm -hmm. and stuff which is probably a little bit easier to just go, Oh, you know, you have a network that you're closer to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't know if I could live, you know, as far as San Diego and then commute into LA because I'm like having to meet up with actual live people and shoot them. So I've kind of carved out a nice little, um, quiet spot here though. I live in this 
hilly community in Echo Park mm, where it's like really quiet and peaceful. I live in this weird 70s house with a really giant windows that look out into the mountains. So I have like a tiny little piece of peace and quiet here, which is really great. Amazing. That sounds awesome. Yeah, there's like yeah. LA is so big. It's like it's it's always I, I always um like talk shit about it because I've like kind of grew up there and stuff, and so I feel like I can. But there's it's so big, <laughs> like you can't really. It's gotten so huge, and there's a like Echo Park used to be horrible back when I was younger, and it's gotten so much yeah. better now. So it's it's actually kind of like the place you want to live almost in the city. So it's really nice and cleaned up like a ton and there's so much good culture and food there too it's like tons of good food oh yeah. yeah i really love that the way. mexican food is so good it's out of control i always say like san diego <laughs> and la have better mexican food than mexico but i, I don't know people probably argue with me <laughs> about that. yeah yeah but it's so so good like the the street trucks and stuff are really awesome yeah and yeah the city is yeah. quite photogenic too at times um certain times of the year the light is really quite awesome in that city too so yeah. yeah and and you're close to so many things like so many other parts of california that are surrounded by la yeah um that are just like you know like a 30 minute or an hour drive so it's real it's been really great for locations because for me i shoot a lot of um stuff in landscapes and in, in an outdoor environment so living in LA compared to New York has been like a dream as far as that goes, because in New York, you really only have studios and, you know, like tops, rooftops and, and like, I guess upstate New York, but as far as landscapes go, you don't have a lot of diversity. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's, I can feel that in your work too. Like you're utilizing a lot of the environments. I guess we could probably go back to, to the beginning when we started going through this journey of getting to know who you are and what you've been up to. How, what got you into photography? Was there a certain, uh, you have like a relative or see a, a photograph or it was just like a hobby that you picked up. How did you get into it? Um, it was basically a hobby I picked up in high school. Um, I bought this old used 35 millimeter, millimeter camera, yeah. um, and started playing around with it. And, you know, at first it was like, I was able to do double exposures and like really experimental stuff like street signs and um, pictures of my feet and, you know, like kind of newbie stuff. Um, but I, eventually I started taking self portraits, actually. And that's how I got into um, that's how I figured out how much I love taking pictures of people. Hmm. Um, and that kind of evolved into taking pictures of my friends and then taking pictures of my friends evolved into taking pictures of models and, and it's just kind of went from there. Sounds like a really awesome natural progression. It came from somewhere kind of just very pure, right? Like a hobby, something of interest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, I was never thinking that it could become a career at first. I think that's the beautiful part about it though, right? It's like, I think that when you put so much emphasis on like a career or taking things seriously, it kind of hinders the art. Would you agree? Or what do you think mm -hmm. of that? Yeah, definitely. I've, it, I've been trying to balance lately, you know, what I do for work and what I do for pleasure. And I think it's so important to be aware of that balance because if you're just focusing on the things you do for money and you're, you're only focusing on, you know, other people's concepts or other people's style, then you, you really lose your own. 
Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to do stuff that is completely unpaid hmm. sometimes. Yeah, I'm t- totally agree. I'm so much of the projects that I am personally propelled by creatively are, are projects that are completely just away from client work. And the, ir- the irony, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, is the client work comes in because they see that and they go like, oh, I want you to be a, like, could you do that again? You know, and that's like, oh, you, yeah. want my, you want my voice? Okay, that's cool. Like, now, <laughs> now I understand, like, it kind of comes full circle almost, which is really cool. Yeah, I, really, yeah I, I think a lot of the times it translates into monetary projects, which is really cool when that happens. Yeah, I totally agree because it's a natural progression. And and it's almost like the one thing I love about being a creative is we kind of manifest our own like reality and we have the ability <laughs> to to change and, and traverse and change like what we want. We can kind of if we if we have the power and the, the mindset, we can basically dictate the experience that we want to have in life because we can manifest it. That's quite a rare exactly. trait, you know, which is really cool. Yeah. Do you We're do a lot of manifestation? We, I think we are. I think it's pretty interesting what we do. Are you big into manifesting yeah. things or do you think about what you want to do or how does it work for you? I do. In a sense, you know, I can be, I'm very, very hard on myself. I am never satisfied with anything. Hmm. I always think I can do better. Um, I always think I could be at a different level, which can be unhealthy sometimes, but I think it's also what keeps me going and keeps me progressing as an artist or as a creative. Um, So I try my best, you know, to manifest a positive future for myself or like, you know, big projects or whatever. Um, But at the end of the day, I think what really, really like keeps my motivation level going is, is never being satisfied and being hungry for more. Hmm. That's beautiful. I think that's the key right there is never being satisfied. It's a, it's it's something I talk a lot about with my friends and it's one thing that I feel is quite a curse because it's totally self-imposed, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we we could totally be content with our work um, as it is, I think. And and that's great. But I think striving for, for perfection or whatever that is, or never being satisfied is, is a part of, it's an important part of the ingredient that isn't often spoken about and or embraced because i know it's so painful mm-hmm. and it kind of means that your life is going to be somewhat uneven <laughs> there's the yep. balance the balance <laughs> isn't set um have you thought about that because i think for me it's like it ruins the longevity aspect of things but at the same time it it just makes the it makes the work better or something i, th- I don't know maybe it's an insecurity yeah, about it it's kind know, of so. like the feeling of melancholy like it's mm. It's painful, but it's, it's like a good painful (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) because you know, you know what your life is going to be like. If you, if you truly know yourself and you know that you're never going to be satisfied, you know, that long-term that just means, you know, you have a life where you're never reaching that, that point where you're like, just content, everything's fine. Um, but at the same time, I think I would get bored if I was, you know, just content all the time. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about photography. At least that's what I love about it is there's amazing photos being, there's amazing photos everywhere. Like you could basically all around you, there's an amazing photo somewhere. You just have to see it and you have to find it. And then you have Mm -hmm. to have the skills to extract it. (laughs) But it's just, yeah. that's the thing I love about photography is that it's, for me at least, it's that there's opportunity 
everywhere and it's all about your mind state and then it's your perspective on your reality of world which which exists around you how much of what you shoot is a manifestation and then how much of it is just kind of serendipitous um i think it's a little bit of both but i think most of it is me just kind of channeling my own emotions into something that's visual i think it's a it's a way for me to deal with you know all of life's craziness and emotions and feelings and concepts and everything and just put it into one visual package that hopefully can be shared amongst other people and maybe those people will relate to it on the same level that I relate to it. Hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a very unique trait I think to have. And it's such, it's like one of those things for me, it's always like photography took me a bit of time as an artist to understand and I'm still understanding it as I go. Um, but I, I'm like, I come traditionally from like painting and, and, and design and, and art and illustration where you manifest it in your mind. And I'd always mm-hmm. think of like photography, like, ah, it's there, you know, you just take a photo, good job, you know, like I'd always <laughs> like kind of talk down on it, which is just stupid, obviously, because I wasn't educated on what, why photography, sometimes photography would really speak to me. Films and, mm-hmm. and getting into cinematography is actually what made me love shooting photos more. But yeah, do you, that's one thing I want to talk about is how, because I see your photos have a very filmic quality to it. And I don't know if that was... Um, an intention or, or not, or definitely awesome. I, I'm a a huge movie lover. So Hmm, I think, yeah. So I think it all kind of stems from movies because movies have always spoken to me and, you know, good movies. I'm talking about, (laughs) you know, not like Hollywood blockbusters necessarily, but some movies speak to me in such a way that, I just find find it so profound that they can say things so so deeply um, in such a visual narrative way. So I think it's really important for me to keep that kind of narrative um, structure to my photographs. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 exactly it. And I love that you're influenced by. It. I could tell it because there is a narrative aspect to your photos too. That like there's there's things that are happening and you can kind of tell and feel it through the difference of the, the photos that you've shown and stuff um but it's really cool awesome. it's, it would be really cool to talk a little bit about about your film influence and maybe a couple of films that have influenced you significantly over the years and what films that you come back to or watch on a regular basis i might have a couple that i think you're influenced by but i'm curious oh i want i want you to guess then have you seen, um, it looks like, I think you might be a Tarkovsky fan. So maybe like Stalker or any of those kind of older films. Oh, I do love Stalker. Okay. That's one. All right. So um, good. Yeah. It's super good. Um, Upstream Color is another one, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. How'd you know that? <laughs> uh, I just, I'm just <laughs> guessing, but I really love films. So, so. Um, but there's a couple. Like, I haven't the way seen that, Primer yet. Uh, okay, Primer is uh, really interesting. Shane is a very unique guy. Shane Carruth. Uh, for those of you that yeah, don't, don't know, that are listening, Shane Carruth is a, a creative phenomenon who just kind of wrote and directed and put, pretty much put these films together. His first film, I think, was called Primer, which we just talked about, and then yeah. he made a, another one called Upstream Color. 
and he does it all basically himself. Like he'll shoot it and he'll act in it. He'll write it. Um, and his ideas are very unique and he'll edit it. And I think he even does the music for it. So basically you just hate him. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. yeah thanks. God. It's just a yeah. genius in every category. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love and hate that guy. So yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's really awesome. And upstream color. I just was rewatching it the other day and it had some really, um, just so far out there ideas, but so, so awesome. So yeah. So I'd say upstream yeah. would probably be one. And then, I just saw a film recently that I really, really loved. And some of your photos gave me some of that feeling. And it's called uh, A Ghost Story. Oh, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, you'll love it. Is it good? Yeah, it's awesome. It's a beautiful film. Beautiful, beautiful film. Awesome. Really, I'll really check well it out. Done. Really well shot. Really well done. Amazing pace. Very unique. Um, it's another A24 film, which they keep pushing out at great mm. films. But those are I a love A24. Or their logo is the best yeah the logo animation is just like spot on it's like um, yeah motion graphics porn all over the place this is great <laughs> <laughs> and just that like 80s split spreading of the colors and stuff and how it comes on it's awesome yeah it fits, it fits the brand and the films pretty well too i think so yeah definitely yeah what other films are there that have been a, a big influence for you um let's think I mean, a lot of Wes Anderson, obviously. Yeah. I'm really into, like, there's just something, the way he captures such, like, a deadpan feeling and and the narrative quality and all the characters. I, I just love every single one of his films. It very much has a voice, a style. Yeah. Yeah, like, no one else is, you can, you can honestly say, like, he has a very unique style. Yeah, you either love um, it or hate it. I think that's what's cool about it. About his yeah birth. yeah uh science of sleep is another big one for me never seen that science of sleep oh man okay awesome. so good. I, love, I love when i don't get to that like because that's like the best thing science of sleep i'm gonna write that down awesome yeah i'll check it's, that out it's, What's it's that about? about dreams it's oh. about dreams and this guy he um he's like a big dreamer and he can't he starts, he can't really tell the difference between reality and dream and it, it's how it affects his life romantically and in all different other ways. But it's very, um, it's by Michelle Gondry. Oh, it's yeah. Gondry's film. I was going to say, I was like, this looks like a Gondry film I'm watching the trailer as you're talking. Oh yeah. I've seen, yeah. I've heard about this film. It's got that guy. He's a really good actor. I forget his yeah, name. Yeah. Garcia guy braille or god i don't know yeah. <laughs> it's like two last names or something oh this is totally bizarro totally gondry it's style. very weird and it just like visually really cool there's a lot of like stop motion yeah um and it's and the fact that it's about dreams just like automatically is everything i'm all about yeah this is great this is cool oh so you're into that stuff then huh dreams and yeah ideas, huh? yeah me too <laughs> it's the best because it's like a whole nother realm that's the really weird thing and something i always think about is it, it's just something we accept but it's really weird that we just shut off for six to eight hours of our physical re reality and we leave this like plane of reality into like this altered existence basically so and i just find so that it's just it's weird because we all just accept it but it's really quite weird because we're so vulnerable and we're just laying there <laughs> It's just weird. Yeah, it's it's so weird to me. And like, the, it just, I don't know about you, but I have really, really vivid dreams mm, that I, feel really real. And I also have a lot of lucid dreams. Interesting. So 
yeah, so I had like dreaming for me is just like a whole different reality almost. It almost it feels so real that it's 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 creepy and haunting and it affects my life. Hmm, and it affects my work, I think, too. I would think so. Do you get a lot of creativity from your dreams? Ideas? And- In a weird way. It's not like I dream something and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make that. Like I dreamed up a concept. Sure. It's more of like a feeling of a dream or a feeling a dream gives me the next day because it always sticks around with me. Hmm. Do you write your ideas down and like do you have like a journal that keep, you keep track of things or a sketchbook? Yeah, I, I've been trying to. It's kind of hard. I, I'm a little like all over the place. So I'm not like the most organized when it comes to writing concepts. It's more like, oh, I thought of something. And then I like I'll text one of my team members or something. And then that's kind of how it gets remembered. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Like we all have different processes. I'm like so freaking I'm like known for being incredibly rigid about my time structure and how I get things done. But it's like, it's only because I realize I have so many things that I want to do and so many interests that it's just like, I have to have a rigidity to it. But at the same time, I do love being able to just kind of flow with things and letting things happen serendipitously, I think is really key. Looking at that, um, the science of sleep, it's, that looks like a complete, like there's planned sections of that, but it looks totally spontaneous and just kind of you know grab the camera and have an amazing actor do things and then let see what you get and kind of put it to the pieces together kind of so yeah whereas very opposite to like i think what i get from like wes anderson which is like super controlled hyper controlled so the two that's interesting that those two films is there another film that kind of has spoken to you over the years let me think. I'm really into um, like darker Korean and Japanese films like oh, cool. um, Old Boy. Oh, yeah. How about I Saw the Devil? I mean, that's a classic. Oh, I Saw the Devil is so good. <laughs> that film is so, I, I, I'm I, like, I have to cover my eyes at some of that, that film. I it's know. So it's rugged. so messed up. It's so messed up. It's so violent. And like the way it deals with violence is so just kind of not we're not i don't think we're used to it in america like on like it's just like whoa 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 like it just gets darker (laughs) and darker and heavier and heavier it's it's a wild ride old boy is really quite crazy too and that catch and everything the twist is fun too it's kind of weird but yeah yeah, that's cool that you like his work how about david lynch's films oh yeah well duh yeah i I don't even have to say that yeah i think that's like (laughs) evident too but yeah that's like um I was studying David, um, Gregory Crudson and, and it was cool finding about mm. how, how influential David Lynch's work was on his like blue, I love um, him. Blue, blue velvet, how important that film was to him and his, yeah, his photography stuff. I'm um, obviously you're aware of George, um, Gregory's work. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. He's been a big influence on me. I love his, like the way he stages things and the lighting is so good. So nuts. I want him to make a film, but I know that would take like 40 years. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the amount of work it takes to do one photo is pretty insane. Yeah. Well, you think about it, though, like Wes Anderson, I think, puts similar amounts of work and effort into his. And mm-hmm. he's still chiming out tons of work. It's just kind of crazy. I think it's just a 
there's just a difference of momentum. And I think the art forms are quite unique and different too, which is a still image um, to the right observer can say so many things. Whereas a film can also say so many things in so much, so much dimension films have so much dimension. Same with a photograph mm-hmm. though, which is quite interesting. It's just a matter. It's a matter of like what you, how you do, like what you do with it and stuff I think is, is unique, but yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I've, I've been, um, getting into video work a little bit more lately. Cool. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. yeah it, and it's fun and I really love doing it, but it's definitely so different than photo. And oh, yeah. it's, it just kind of, it feels like I'm almost using like a more technical, different part of my brain when I'm, when I'm, um, filming, but maybe that's just because, you know, I haven't gotten super used to it yet. So I'm like having to think about all the technical aspects a lot and make sure, you know, like the focus is perfect and all that stuff. Whereas with photo, it's so second nature to me now. I'm just mostly focused on like the angle and the the concept and the lighting and all of that stuff. Hmm. Um, but it's been really fun and I'm enjoying it cause it's something new and it helps me kind of play with that more narrative structure that I really like. Yeah, it's a natural progression, I think, for photographers to go into video, especially more than ever nowadays, because like it's incredible the stuff that's being manufactured for us as artists to use as tools. It's just crazy. Like the, yeah. the stuff you can get. Like I just bought the A7 III, and it's that that, mm. that body alone is like, get out of here. It's crazy. It shoots a 6K, it sound samples a 4K. It's just like the specs that you get on this thing is just like insane for $2,000. Like it's like you can't even. There's nothing that touches it, which like even closely, really. I mean, there's a couple yeah. things, but it's what's so cool. I'm, I mean, I'm only just geeking out about gear because it's part of a little bit of part of it, but so much of it is the, the viewer and the eye and, and how you capture what you capture and how often you use it. Um, but I, I mean, it's definitely a part of it into the tool. But you, you said it, I think yeah. you said it perfectly is it is so different um, v- taking shooting video because it's almost like you're entering a portal. And you're opening up a whole different gambit of like communication with the viewer, which is totally different than I think what a photo does, which a photo does similar things, but it's just a, you can control it so much more, I think with a photo than with yeah. video, which is if you're a control freak, like I am, which sounds like you probably are. It's like, it's just mm-hmm. it'll drive you nuts. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, oh. <laughs> it's, it's like every, it, there's a lot more factors, I guess is what it is. Yeah. as well as like dealing with editing and and the music and all of that stuff. Like it's just a lot of factors and I'm such a perfectionist with everything that it takes me so long to f- have a fin- fin- final project um, in the end that I'm happy with. So it's just, it's a longer process and it's a little more complicated, but I still want to, you know, work on it and have it be just a, like a little bit more second nature is what I'm going for because then I can worry about, you know, the, the mood and the angle and the, you know, the more important stuff compared to like the focus and the, is this <laughs> camera even on type of thing? <laughs> That's the cool thing about now is like, I mean, I don't know what gear you use, but like, um, if you use native like lenses with Sony, they have pretty amazing follow focus, which captures it pretty easily. And you don't have to have a focus puller <sighs> or pull focus. Cause yeah, that's the shit that drives me nuts too. It's like, Oh man, is it that's sharp? what is drives it, me nuts? Yeah. Yeah. I have like, I have an external monitor and everything so I can see it, 
but yeah it's like mm. still like one of the big things is you have to pull focus manually and it's just like you have to have so much stuff and depending on the style that you want to shoot like whether you want to use like a tripod or if you want to use a gimbal it's just like you have so many factors that get in the way of capturing what you want but yeah. yeah, it's part of the journey, which is interesting. So much of it is still understanding your gear and how to like manipulate it to what you want. But um, it yeah, starts, and I'm just like place. so not a gear person either. Like I'm yeah. very do it yourself and, you know, not like a big um, advocate for like, oh, get the best gear possible and your work will be the best. <laughs> I think, true. That's you a know. Lie. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lie. Yeah. But I think with video, that's why I'm like, a li- like struggling right now, maybe a little bit with, with it because I know I need to just get better gear or get more gear. And, and I'm so stubborn. And I'm like, no, I'll just, I'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, it's still like, I think with photography, you, like you can basically like the, the technology and the, and the gear is so good now that you could pick up a pretty dis- like cheap or disposable camera and get great results. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you can shoot with the Hasselblad and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. That's totally <laughs> cool if like you care about like doing 500% pixel push-in. Um, yeah. It's like, I don't know if that's all that necessary. But yeah, I mean, video, it's still, it hasn't gotten there yet. We're still fighting. There's a lot of things that are being fought still. And yeah, but it's, it's um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm like... A mix between the two it's like you gotta kind of have to understand like if you're a swordsman you have to understand like the like how much pressure you can put on it or how hard you can hit with it <laughs> it's almost like to get exactly. into battle almost but um but it's, it's 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 just a part of it too and it's like it's one thing that's kind of a necessary evil unfortunately and it's also very expensive still to get everything yeah. complete with all the lenses and all that kind of stuff but um but once you have it my friend Jason said it perfectly like with photography is like, it's the best hobby ever. Cause once you have your gear, it's basically free. You just go out and it's free. Like the world is free for yeah. you to explore. So I'm like, that's the best. It's so true. You know, it's the best yeah. thing about it. Unless you shoot film, I guess, but yeah. And that's what well, we're getting there. You know, <laughs> like that's why I got the a seven three because it's like, dude, this is the best. My friend Anthony just shot his feature film on an a seven S two and the, it looks just as good as a Fincher film. And I have like a really gnarly eye. So I'm like, dude, this is insane. Like it's insane. That is insane. And you can get it if you know how to use the light and understand the gear, you know? So, and then it's like, once you understand the gear and the light, then you have to understand what you're trying to say. And then, you know, that's a whole nother conundrum and stuff. And then writing the stories and understanding purpose. And, but yeah, is that kind of a, a, a big goal for you? Is that like a, on your list of things is to make films or is that something that you had thought about or is this something that's just kind of coming um, to fruition right now or are developing? Well, it's definitely been an, a dream of mine to be, you know, to make films and direct films. I don't think I've ever been super serious about it, but I think more recently I've realized that hey, you know, maybe this dream could become a reality and it's not just some like fantasy that I'm having anymore. Um, So it's a possibility, but right now I'm focusing not really on like feature films, you know, or anything like even like short, short films. It's it's more like, um, you know, little video moments or, you know, like a minute and a half, like, 
just kind of like conceptual visual narratives that mm-hmm. kind of it's oh they're almost like moving pictures in a sense yeah it's a perfect time for that now i think more than ever. yeah because of like instagram and then um just the way that we consume things i think that's a perfect time for like mood and tone pieces that are short-lived like 30 60 90 second kind of pieces which is cool yeah and it's less yeah like and i think a lot of, on the brain too you know it's like yeah ugh, you know? yeah it's something that anyone can just watch and not feel like they wasted you know an hour an hour and a half of their time or even if it sucks it was only 60 seconds of your time yeah or got them to feel something kind of like a song or something you know like some of the greatest songs are very short because they just give you a feel and a mood and then that and then they leave you with that you know is cool it's kind of yeah the same idea. i like the ephemeral quality of it yeah i agree i think that's something i've been trying to explore as well because i've been thinking about just how just how hard it is to produce so much content or like a long form and but there's i have similar kind of intuitions like i think you're you're approaching which is oh i was out in this landscape and it was really quite beautiful and i just wanted to capture that mood and then cut that mm-hmm. and juxtapose that against something else and then before you know it, you have something quite interesting, you know, and that's like, oh, yeah. And then what is it? Why do we have to make it a long film? It could just be this experience that you just see and a mood piece and then you're done. And then then that's it. And then you just like, oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it's more or less just kind of capturing what you see when you see it. Because I mean, so often and not, I'm sure you have that same thing as you're standing there and you just see it and you go, oh, look at that. And then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you just go. Oh, I okay, happened the other day. I was standing in a field of like really tall grass and the wind was blowing really hard and it was just making the most beautiful movement and most beautiful sound. I was like, I need to, this is why I need video right now because I can't capture this in a photo. It's like, it would be impossible. <laughs> well, let me know. I'll, 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 I can give you um, a list of the things that I've I'm waiting to get the body now because it's back order, but I just I just spent like tons of money, like ten grand on stuff. So I got all <laughs> Jesus. I got, I got sixteen to six hundred millimeters of lens, and then I have the body and all this other stuff, and I got a gimbal and stuff and sound, but it's all like full on like do it yourself kind of gear. So it's not yeah. like I'm not using sin lenses and stuff, but I'll let you know if I start testing it, and then I'll and if you're curious, I'll say, oh, this gear worked really good for me or not yeah. and stuff. So. Because it's so much of it is like you don't know, and what I, what works for me might not work for you too. But that's what it is. I mean, so many times I'm out hiking or walking around, and I'm like shit. Like I just want to sit here. The light looks incredible. My wife and I we just mm-hmm. went to to Venice, and there was this alleyway, and the way the light was hitting the rest of everything, and it was bouncing through all this, and it was just like godly. The whole city mm. we were walking around, but that one moment I was like man, I, I, not even just for anybody, I just want to capture this so I could just like look at it later on, you know, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. It. And, and those, are, those are the moments I think it's good for us as creatives to be able to capture those things. Yeah. Even if you like reference, reference it later for like a concept that happens to me a lot where I like the lights hitting something in a certain way, or there's like a certain material that I find that I really like, or like a certain, like the grass, like just feeling that and then I just I feel like I can translate that somehow into a photograph and then that's how it becomes a concept that's awesome is that how it works then because like we talked a little bit about um just kind of the basis of your creative process but 
how does it work for you now? Like, do you have, um, say, let's say the difference between a passion project and a client job. What's your process like working with your clients? Do you kind of pitch ideas to them or do they come to you because they've seen your work or do you just go off and do things? Like, yeah. What's your overall process with them? Overall, I have people that are coming to me that have seen my stuff and they have a project that they think would fit my particular style, which is really cool. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it's been really cool to kind of be able to do what I want because essentially they're giving me creative freedom in the end yeah. to kind of create something that um, using their product or using their, you know, it, or it's a person and they just want, you know, pictures of themselves that look like my stuff. So it just is kind of up to me. You know, I like to work with people though, too. At the same time, I like to understand their vision so that hopefully we both have a, we have a finished product that we're both happy with. And we both, um, put time in planning too. Yeah. So that's mostly how it works. But other than that, I've, just been working on creative projects for myself because I think it's super important. Like I said before, to, to keep doing that, even though it's unpaid, I think it, it does translate eventually, um, into, you know, a, making a living off, off your, o your own creative vision. Yeah. I always say it's like, it's like if you don't take a risk on yourself, then like how could you expect other people to and doing your own passion projects or showing the world your voice is a way of doing so so that they go, Oh, this is really you. Cause oftentimes it isn't when you're working under a client because well, unless you're in your situation, which I'm sure you've been at it enough and you've done enough, like, you know, crap jobs to get there. I'm sure people, yeah. are, people that are listening and go, man, how does this work? You know, I'm sure we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about hardships because I mean, the, the, you've landed there, you know, like you have you're oh, successful yeah. and like that, but it doesn't just happen overnight, right? No, not at all. And I still have hardships. It's not like I live in like a perfect world where I'm getting a ton of jobs all the time and I'm doing whatever I want. I think it's, it's being a, a freelancer, especially it, it can, there's a lot of ups and downs and it's a roller coaster ride. And sometimes you're getting a ton of really awesome work. And then sometimes you're getting a bunch of crappy work or no work at all. And you have those moments where you don't even know what you're doing and you feel like you're not worth anything and you know, all of the stuff. Um, but I think those moments, those, those kind of moments where you, when you're down help to make you feel really special and important when you're up. Yeah. Absolutely. And getting through them. How do you get through those yeah. moments? Do you have like support from friends or do you have like a, a ritual or a book or something? How do you get through that? Cause we all suffer from that. Everybody. Yeah. Um, I would say I go through like kind of like the stages of grief <laughs> hmm. where I'm like really depressed at first and really hard on myself um, and then I kind of feel a bit of denial, like, oh, well, it's their, like other people's fault for not, you know, loving everything that I do. And then I'll, and then I'll start to accept it and say, no, it's okay. This is just how it goes. 
don't you remember last month when this happened? And then all of a sudden you got three jobs and everything was fine. Like you're going to go through ups and downs. It's just the way this is the, the life you chose and it, and it's the life you love, um, regardless of, of kind of the crazy turbulent times you have to go through. Yeah. That's good to remind yourself too. I have like friends and support groups. It's basically, yeah, that help because it's awesome. like, because it's so important to be reminded. And I think oftentimes if you're really hard on yourself, it's, it's so easily you focus on the darker side of things, you know, which is totally unfortunate. I was watching like a television show the other day. Maybe they just put on a good, sh- like I, sometimes I watch the HDTV. It's like crack. It's like, oh man, <laughs> turn that off. But they have like that show. It's like, um, Chip and Joe, I forget. It's like, what's, what's it called? It's like fixer upper. you watch that show. I don't have cable. Oh, you're smart. Yeah. I, I, I avoid watching TV if I, if I can, but it's a, yeah. it's, it's just like these, these guys are just awesome. It's a married couple and they just seem so like they got it all together. And I'm like, damn it. Like, how do you guys figure that out? You know, like it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, like I'm happy for them, but I'm like, man, it's like, wonder if they have and how their bad days are, you know, it's like, I'm only getting to see a part of it. And that's one thing I think is, is, is kind of a problem that I find an epidemic uh, and, and just in general with, with how things are revealed is it's like people aren't willing to showcase the hardships of things. And then if they are, it's almost like you're all, you're negative. It's like, no, it's yeah, kind of what happens, you know, it's like what a lot of people deal with on a regular basis, but just dealing with that is yeah. really quite difficult. But. I know it's it's kind of like how things can be perceived life can be perceived so differently differently on social media like you know you have like a happy couple that always posts pictures of themselves and kissing and holding hands but it's not showing you know the bad times yeah. so we have this weird perception that you know, that's how a relationship should be or that's how life should be and then we get down on ourselves when our life isn't exactly you know like everything we're seeing on tv or social media or whatever yeah so i think it's good to like remember that everyone struggles and everyone goes through harder times um yeah yeah. i was just listening to this interview with Mackenzie davis she just in this awesome show called halt and catch fire i don't know if you've watched that but she was Mm -mm. saying some pretty interesting things i have a 13 year old daughter and it's like really quite interesting because it's you guys are on a whole different thing from uh, as a guy, you know, but like watching her grow up, I have to constantly remind her. It's like, yeah, just because what people are putting out there doesn't mean that you should, you know, that you need to be that or follow in that mold or anything like that. And she was kind of talking about that. It was a really interesting interview. It's on an off off camera podcast is really good podcast, but it was Mm, was kind of interesting. The thing I was thinking about with that is, um, and maybe I don't know what you think about this, but so much of being an artist is, you know, when you're born, you're born into a gender or body or whatever, a race or whatever, and in, in a, a creed or a religion. But so much of being a creative in my mind has always been about like you shed all that stuff away and then you expose who you are inside your mind. And that is mm-hmm. what represents you. And it's like, to me, that's always what's special. And, and I get really confused as I try to, navigate these things as I'm sure people that are listening to this as well as like navigating those really complex worlds of, especially now it's like 
when you see people on social media, they're just posting like, you know, home run work all the time. You're like, well, where's the bad work or how do you get there? Or where did you start? Or when did you suck? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, so, that's so hard. I think that's a hard thing to, to come to grips with, but, but how do you deal with that? Like just seeing, I mean, you're up there you're very high up there now, but like when you were first starting out, how did you deal with like those, like, um, I don't know, those pillars of like challenges, I guess, if you would say. Um, let me think. I mean, I, like I said, I'm very hard on myself. So it wasn't always the, the easiest thing to try to convince myself that I should keep going. I think a lot of the time, times that I was having, you know, rough, rough times with no work, I felt like I needed to give up almost. And I think having a good support system is awesome. Um, I have a really loving boyfriend who has always been there for me. And I have awesome. friends that have always like supported me and, and, you know, modeled for me in the beginning, which is really awesome. Um, but I think, I, I think I just, I have something inside of me that will never want to give up, even though, even if I'm having like a shitty month or a shitty year, there's something inside of me that just wants to keep going. So I think I just kept pushing myself and I kept shooting even if it was completely unpaid and, you know, not that many people were going to see it. I just kept shooting and kept shooting. And then eventually my work, you know, slowly progressed into what it is. And, and my work right now will, will also progress into something else eventually. Yeah. I don't ever want to, you know, decide, okay, this is it. Yeah. I'm, I'm good now. Um, this is my style and that's just what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I think that would be super boring <laughs> and I don't think, and eventually I just would stop getting work because I would have old outdated stuff. Um, so yeah, I think, I think for me, I just kept pushing myself hmm. even though like a lot of the times deep down inside, I felt a little bit like a failure. Um, I knew that if I kept going, it would eventually pay off in the end. Yeah, that's great. That's a great attitude because it's like you kind of have to I think that there's a certain part of making great art that that's another part of it. I think another ingredient is that kind of fear of failure, but at the same time mm -hmm. the, the the desire of progression is such an important part of like I'm always constantly studying other artists and people and directors and, and wondering like why did they make that movie? Cuz they made that other one. But movies are so <laughs> complex and they're like, there's, there's, there, you can't even critique them, honestly, because they're, it's amazing that they even get made in the first place. But, exactly. Because it's just like, how the fuck did that So much happen? work. It's so much work and there. It's every day is an uphill battle. Like having worked on it and with so many directors and people, it's like, how do you even do this? Like, it's crazy. All day, every day, they're just battling against their producers to save their budget. And then none it's so hard because they're like one of the directors or the actors is acting up or whatever. And there's so many things against you. So I'm more yeah. on like, I'm, I'm going to be doing like the Shane Carruth thing where I'm just going to write it, direct it, shoot it, do everything <laughs> yep. except act in it. Cause then I can control all that and I don't have to answer to anybody and worry about it. And I, plus I don't, I don't know about you. I'm not like, I have some friends that really want to be millionaires and successful. And that to me, it's not success. It's like success comes from, your experience in life and what you do with the time and those that you spend that time with and money is just like, it's an, it's definitely nice to have, but it's not 
the end all means because it's 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 a man made thing. It's created, and then that way it, ha- it has a limit to it, whereas other things aren't. And I think that's really for me, it's what's interesting about it the the overall experience. Yeah, yeah. But, for me, money doesn't. I mean, it it plays into yes, I need to make enough money so I can keep doing this for a living. But at the same time, if I only cared about becoming rich, I would just, I wouldn't do unpaid work. I would focus on whatever the majority wanted from me and I wouldn't really be pushing myself creatively. I I would only try to be getting like, you know, like the highest paying jobs and selling my soul for, for whatever style they wanted. Yeah, our so, prostitution. That's like yeah, <laughs> and and for the most part, I mean, when we do work for con, con, you know a commission, we are doing that. But it's like it's within reason, I think, which is kind of cool. And being able to find a way to be creative, like I was watching Spike Jones um, that that um, commercial he did with Apple recently, and it's cool. Like I'm sure he got a nice payday. Apple got his, his name on their product, and like it's a fun creative thing. Have you seen that? ad that he did i don't think i've seen that no it's pretty cool what i is think you it? dig it it's like this um woman who comes home from like a hard day's work and she goes to like listen to music and she's sitting there and then she starts like dancing and like um she's stretching her reality of her room and it's all practical so it's very much like gondry-esque kind of or spike jones mm. i mean they're all like those guys kind of cut from similar cloth but like she's stretching things out as so if you were to imagine like pixel stretching one of your photos or something, but it's in reality. So she's like stretching the TV and like the table mm. and stuff. And then she's all choreographed and dancing around. It's pretty cool. Like it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It, it fits the brand somewhat. And it's just like, it's cool to see what he did. And you can tell, you can still sense that it has his voice and he's having fun with it. And fans of his work will appreciate it for what it is too, which is cool. But, well, that's cool. He got to keep his, you know, style in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Because as you mentioned um, earlier, it's like you you got to kind of do these like, you know, if you don't have that Spike Jones name, you have to get there. And eventually, like when you look at look at his career, he got there not from mimicking, but from creating his own style and his voice. And so much of that is what you said. Yeah. It's like you just have to go out and do it and continually do it until like until it works, you know, and as it's working for you now, there's an image that I, that you took that I really love. And it's an image that I've seen in my head um, a couple of times, which is so cool. I love that. And I saw it, I was like, Oh, this is great. It's the, That's photo- awesome. it's a photograph of a woman with like a, I don't know what you, like a moth, a yellow moth on her nose. And she's like, it's split frame with a mirror. Do you remember that photograph? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a fun shoot. Yeah, it looked, looked like a fun shoot. How did that photo come about? And did you have that in, in mind? Or are you just kind of exploring? And how does that work for you? Well, it start, that shoot started, um, firstly, I, I, someone gave me um, this like box of caterpillars, basically. Or not caterpillars, um, cocoons that were soon to turn butterfly. Awesome. So they're live. Yeah. Oh, they're live. But that, that, Interesting. Yeah. From that shoot that now that I'm thinking that moth wasn't live, I bought that dead. But the, the sh- from that series, I had um, one of the looks had live butterflies. Oh, interesting. So that kind of started the whole concept. And then from there, I started thinking about symmetry, I think, because 
butterflies and moss. They have like such great symmetry to them. Yeah. Um, and then that I've always been a sucker for like anything with reflections, like mirrors or shiny materials. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of create a perfectly symmetrical uh, image with the butter with the moth and her face. Yeah. I like how it's off to the left too. It's like it's not I have a tendency to it's not keep perfect. everything. Yeah, I have a tendency it's my it's a fault of mine. May, maybe like West does the same kind of thing, but it's like everything has to be like perfect in the center. But I like how it's like kinda of off kelter. It's tilted to the left slightly, but it's there's a like there's something that's said there. And again there's a narrative and I love the the eye line, like how her eye her eyes are shifting because of the dimension of like how the reflection looks and her eyes look like they're splitting between which is really cool too and yeah it's just it's just rad like when i saw it i was like oh this is really cool and very narrative and and interesting and it's cool that like so when you went to do the shoot you you had like some props and some ideas but then when you work do you kind of just play with what you have and see what happens Kind of. It depends. Most of the time, I like to do as much planning as possible because I've found that that really works for me. So when I'm shooting, I can actually focus on the exact shot that I want or the exact mood I want to capture. And I'm not worrying about like where to place this prop or like what am I, what kind of material am I using for this shot or whatever. So I try to to plan as much as I can um, in advance. And then while I'm actually shooting, a lot of the times... I'll be kind of experimenting with different angles or different ways that I'm using the props and that will just kind of happen serendipitously. Awesome. That's very cool. Now I can kind of sense it too. And there's like, there's like, um, how important is it when you're shooting to capture that candid nature? Do you aim for that or what's it like for you? Like, what are you looking for when you shoot? Yeah, I think it's super important to capture some sort of candid candidness or, or some, some sort of feeling that feels nostalgic. Like you can feel the moment that the photo was taken. I think that's super important for me. So maybe that's another reason why I don't, I don't like plan. I don't have a shot list. Um, I don't have like, you know, an exact pose that I'm setting up. It's more like a general, a general place where the model is and a general place where the props are or whatever, a general con- concept. And then it, it kind of morphs into what looks really awesome in that moment and what's speaking to me in that moment. Awesome. Do you shoot rapidly or do you try to wait for the shot to work and then you just capture a couple photos? I shoot pretty, I don't shoot rapidly. I shoot more like if I had a film camera. Hmm. Like, so you kind so of conserve it then? Yeah, I don't like taking a million shots of the same thing. It's just so pointless hmm. to me. Yeah. So once I know I have the shot, I'll move on. And I'm I'm pretty fast at shooting. Like, um, a shoot usually takes like two hours to three hours tops for me. Awesome. You just kind of know what you want. So, but uh, But that's the actual shoot, but you spend quite a bit of time planning and like pulling, oh, yeah. pulling references and... Do you draw as well and do you sketch? I mean, you mentioned kind of you don't have like a sketchbook kind of thing, but do you draw as well? I used to draw. This is how I, I used to, I started out painting and drawing. Um, I, w- I majored in fine art in college. Hmm. Um, but unfortunately, I don't really do it anymore. 
Do you miss I it? I don't feel like I miss it. I miss it a little bit, um, but I don't feel like it translates the same as it does with photography for me. And, you know, sometimes I'll try to like sketch out a scene and it'll just be like a stick figure in a tree. Yeah. And I'll be like, why did I even do this? <laughs> it's in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I, I find that is interesting too. Like, because I think sometimes when we look at other artists, like, wow, they just, they're so good. And then, and then I wonder why am I drawing the things I am? Cause it, yeah, they're just like blobs or, you know, unrecognizable <laughs> things. I, I do it because I need to get it out of my head and it's almost like a bookmark to memory. That's the mm-hmm. only reason I do it and that kind of helps me. But that's cool that you come from that um, kind of um, skill set because I, I think it does help, at least the way that I imagine it. Because you're just trying to figure out how to get your ideas out really at the end of the day and doing setups yeah. or something, you know. How do you work exactly. with, with light? Because obviously photography is all about capturing light. How do you deal with that? I mean, I can see that you shoot outdoors and in, indoors, I think, a nice mix between the two. Um, what's your relationship with light and how do you like to shoot and interact with it? Light's really important for me. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's really important for photography. But I think for me, um, I use a lot of natural light. So anytime that I can, especially if I'm outdoors, I'm just using natural light and I like a simple reflector. And that's been, you know, I've been doing that for years. So it, it's been working for me and it, it kind of relieves that like more technical side of my brain where I don't have to focus on, on like lighting equipment and making sure everything's dialed in and all of that stuff. Like I just have my reflectors. Hopefully I have an assistant at the time and they're helping me like with a reflector. So I don't have to worry about that either. Um, but yeah, I just found that. And I, and I do do studio stuff. Like I'm not saying I never do it. Um, I'm actually doing one this weekend, but it's, it's fun. And I like, I like being able to manipulate light and do different lighting effects too, which is really fun, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely not as there's something about natural light that just, it, it, it just, it's the best. <laughs> it is the best. Unless you're like a Cronenworth and you know how to like manipulate light, like a, like Rembrandt or something. And it's yeah. Like, oh, damn you. Or Roger Deakins even like, um, yeah, I was listening to an interview with Roger Deakins and he was saying like when he was going to DP the latest Blade Runner, he was like, I wasn't even going to try to impro- approach do what Cronenworth did in the first. And I was like, hey, respect, because, yeah, they're just different styles and completely different approaches to how to ma- manipulate light. But yeah. yeah, natural light's the best. So it's just simply the best. It's one light source. It's just so crazy. But you get the atmosphere yeah. that changes its tone and mood and, and direction and like. Ah, it's just the best. The sun is just such an incredible light source. And it's so crazy that it's yeah. one. It's just one, you know, it's just one. Just one light. Yep. And that's cool to use reflectors because you're using that to kind of pull back some of that fill that gets lost in the shadow, right? Yeah, exactly. I just use it to fill the shadows most of the time. Yeah. And yeah, and sometimes I use it like if um if I'm trying to get like a really direct light, I can use it in that sense, like a direct key light. Um, but yeah, most of the time it's just to fill the shadows and every like the lights just doing the rest. Yeah. And that's, and then, and now it's mostly just about like creating composition. Is that how you kind of look at it? Like trying to frame something that's interesting or a different perspective? 
Yeah, I think the composition is important and, and the overall concept in using, um, I'm, I'm really into props. I'm just a prop person. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, and I, and I really like to do in-camera stuff, like in-camera effects. Yeah. Like lighting effects and using like different materials to like reflect light in different ways and um yeah I, I, i've been having a lot of fun i work with a set designer her name is claire quest and she does some really awesome stuff um but she's kind of been helping me play with different materials and and create sets that really like bring the concept to life hmm. that's awesome yeah, props really help add to the narrative aspect of your photo, I think. And they create so much more texture and things for you to kind of yeah. consider when you're making things too, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. A, I'm fun. like, I have, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I have a piece of plexiglass that is my everything. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it's like my number one um, object slash prop slash texture slash... Um, uh, neutral density filter. It's just like, a, <laughs> it's just awesome. a four, $4 piece of plexiglass from Home Depot that I put in front of the lens, but it does so many different things and I use it um, on every shoot. I love that. That's so cool because I mean, it's cool when you find those things that kind of just work for you. Um, and they're, they're like the thing that you wouldn't buy on B and H or something, you know, it's like the, random. yeah, it's like I use a hammer because it's so interesting or whatever, or I'll use a certain type of like cheap fog machine because I don't like, you know, like there's, there's so many, um, yeah. I, I find that that's really, um, a beautiful tool or you can use like a, I don't know, like a spaghetti strainer and let the sun go through that. Yeah, you know, I've like, done that before. Yeah. Have you? Oh, there you go. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so like there's so many different things that like, it's like, you're not limited to it necessarily. Like the tools that you see people purchase and stuff like you can find if you're creative. I think that's, what's the key is like being able to free your creativity and expand and explore. And yeah, there's a photo, yeah. there's another photo of yours that really was, struck me. It's called imperfect lines and it looks like it's a 50 mil really shallow depth, like a 1.4 or something or 2.8 or something as a girl. She's mm, looking to the yeah. right. And she's got like the lighting's covering her face. It's just her and her shoulders, but it's it's really it's really quite. Is it black shot. and white? It's a uh, it's somewhat monochrome chromatic, and it's it's not completely black and white. And oh. it's, it's like slightly blown out, but it's perfect, like in the way it's exposed, and it just looks really great. But you're capturing like the way that the light kind of comes across her face, and then exposes like her nose, and then the rest of her cheek is exposed. It's almost like she's wearing a Phantom of the Opera mask or something. It's like really, <laughs> really, really cool. But yeah, that, I mean, there's there's um, some of your photos are so cool. They just like really leap out, or they they capture something that I'm like, oh man, that's a really great moment. Like you've captured that feel, and I, I'm from what we we're talking about. I think that's what you're going for is like capturing the essence of a moment. And, and trying to you know mm -hmm. control that, but at the same time make something unique. So, yeah, mission accomplished is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You ever play with any kind yeah. of projections or lighting kind of stuff, or maybe you have and I just haven't seen it. But you were projections. With that? I have a little bit. Um, I have a little bit. I did a workshop actually in New York once, and I had an old like '80s projector, mm. and I 
uh, actually drew some like abstract drawings on one of those, um, uh, like, you know, like the plastic sheets you get Yeah, transparencies. when you're making notes. Yeah. Transparencies. And I did some like abstract art with, um, some colored markers and then projected that onto the model. Hmm. Cool. And that was really fun. Yeah. It's yeah. Fun. It's just another light source, a single light source. And then you have that like weird mapping nature of how the light kind of gets spread across from the transparency, which is really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. You teach then as well or time to time? From time to time. I used to do it more when I had more time on my hands. Um, but yeah, I started doing hands-on portrait, creative portrait wor- workshops in LA. Hmm. And then eventually those kind of started happening in New York as well. Um, it's called let's get creative and weird actually are the name of the workshops. Hmm. Um, but I just, it was really fun. I, I still want to do it. I just haven't done it in maybe like a year now, but it's, it was, it kind of got that teacher side out of me that I've kind of always felt like I had in a sense. Hmm. Um, I have always felt the need to like help people maybe a little bit. So it, it, it was fun to share my experience and share my little individual techniques with other people that were interested in learning them. Do you feel like you learn a lot about who you are from teaching as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the times, um, you know, I'd find out things from myself that I didn't even know I had inside of me. Like when I started teaching, I basically, <laughs> it kind of felt like I just became this character of myself. Yeah. Which was really happens. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you go outside your body almost. It's like acting. or something. Yeah. 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 So I was like this character of myself that I guess, like how I envision, envision myself, how I would want myself to be in those moments when I'm teaching, I just kind of become that person and I kind of black out for two hours. And then afterwards I'm like, Whoa, what, it, what just happened? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's fun. It is. It's cool. I think it's actually really good for every artist that when you get to a certain point to do that, because I think it helps you kind of see who you are and the, then the habits that you've made and kind of what you've done over time. Like, I don't know. I think for me, it's, it's, it's kind of a a good extension to kind of help you see who you are and your habits. And then also at the same time, like almost hitting a reset button. That's how it was for Mm -hmm. me. It's like, okay, I've already done this time to close this out. New thing happening now, you know, like trying to find a new way, but at the same time, like understanding how to communicate what you do and how you do it is a whole different art form because teaching is really quite complex. Taking an abstract Mm -hmm. ideas of art, and then trying to get a stranger with completely different morals and like everything to, to understand how and what to do without copying you. It's like, man, it's really tricky. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always was so surprised. I think as creatives, we kind of get used to our process and get used to our work and it just becomes second nature. But then when you're teaching it to other people and they're so amazed by what you're doing and they're just, I can't believe you thought of this. You know, it's, it's so cool. And I would have never thought of this. It to me, every time they said that, I was like, really, I, I didn't think it was that amazing. I, I've just gotten so used to doing it. So it, it, it was really interesting getting other people's take on my process. Hmm. That's awesome. 
No, that's cool. And that's, it's a good experience to have too. And also at the same time, it's like you make great friends and collaborators yeah. for life really from that. Cause it's just like when you give and then the right people kind of see that and then they really, you know, I don't know, it creates a good, a good relationship. One film I, I meant to mention, see if you had seen it. It's a really beautiful film, very well shot. And it's kind of an underrated, no, nobody that I know seen it. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Have you seen that? Oh, I've heard of it. Check it out. And I, I don't know if I've seen it, though. Yeah, it's really nice. I don't think I have. So yeah, you should watch it. Julie Kirkwood is a DOP. I've been trying to get her on the podcast. She's awesome. And her the cinema in that is just really beautiful. Natural light. Wow. Um, really just just really it's really well shot and very creative the way that some of the, some of the shots are done. You'll see it when I'm when you watch it. There's some really interesting mm-hmm. long exposure trickery that happens, but it's just really beautiful and it's very different and unique and it's totally um yeah, you'll just have to watch it, but let me know what you think because yeah. I think I think you'll dig it. And it's for me, it's like it was one of those recent films that I totally get why people don't understand it. But for me, I was like, this is great. It's got such feel and it's so unique. Mm. I love those so. types of films where everyone kind of was ha- hates on it, but you yeah. feel like you understand it on a deeper level. Yep. I feel like neon demon was like that for me. Ah, you know, I tried to watch neon demon and I know PTA is such a genius. Uh, I just didn't get it. And I figured it was just, I I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I I was with a bunch of friends and we were just kind of joking around. I wasn't, I think I need to sit and watch it independently. And there's so many films out there and I was like, Oh, I'll just watch something else. But um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of, the, of another film. Actually, I haven't watched Neon Demon. I'm thinking of PTA, oh. like Paul Thomas Anderson's film. Uh, it's like uh, Inherent Vice. They came out like the oh, same time. I haven't seen that. But Neon Demon, yeah. So that's Nicholas Riffin's work. I haven't watched that. Yes, actually. it is. So I need to watch that because the cinematography again looks incredible. And yeah, and I heard it's all, so good. I haven't watched Only God Forgives, or I tried to watch a bit of it and I got distracted. But have you seen that one as well? Yeah, that also that's another film that kind of has gotten a bad rap for yeah, being like people hate it. quote unquote boring. Yeah. But it's not boring. It's just, you know, it's slower pace, but it's just shot so well. Yeah. And the story is so good. When you watch Drive, you really see his genius at work and how he puts things together and how closely aligned he is with his cinematographer cuz Drive has so yeah. many like amazing. It's very it's much more accessible film. It's like you know, bad guy, good guy, you know, kind of clean cut. Whereas his other films, I think are a little bit, they've, they thread the line. And I think mm-hmm. that's, to me, that's where the really good work comes out because, um, I, I was listening, I was listening to like an interview the other day and it was like an interview with all these like famous writers and creatives. And, um, I forget one of them said like, you need to find the hero in your, in every, every character needs to find their hero. Or I think like an actor has said that, but they, they said like, I, I find that with a lot of work that's hard for people to grasp is when every character finds their own hero and then it threads a line yeah. and you can't tell And films like heat does it perfectly where it's still like accessible and action film based, but it's also very much um, like a film about people and the struggle of, being a person and having your own kind of issues and everybody has their own agenda, which is interesting. So, but yeah. I've never seen that movie actually. You never seen heat. 
Mm-mm. Oh shit! Yeah, stop what you're doing <laughs> and watch that film. The hell! I should be making a list. Oh man, yeah, for sure. Well, definitely watch. I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house. Especially anybody that's listening that haven't seen that, I would watch that. It's on Netflix, I think, so you can watch it there. And also, Heat just got on Netflix. And man, you haven't seen Heat? Well, have fun with that. <laughs> fuck, talk about good cinematography. Is that in the 80s, an 80s movie? Heat was 1995, I think. Yeah, 1995. Okay. Um, but fuck, so good. It's a Michael Mann film. So, you know, oh. Michael Mann. I mean, if you've seen like all his other films too. But yeah, it's just... Um, use a lot of long lenses. Like I, I love telephotos personally. Like my favorite is seventy to two hundred. It's just my favorite lens. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like you I'm use like thirty-five to fifty. Is that where you're at? Are you shoot a lot with most of the time. I mean, I've been shooting wider lately. I've been shooting um, with my twenty-four to one hundred five a lot lately. Actually, oh, interesting. Yeah, like but I like it because with especially with fashion stuff you need to be able to like get those wider shots where like the full body's in there and the whole environment's in there and you can like capture the entire like environment and the and the entire mood of the situation um but i it's definitely a lot different than what i used to do where i would really only be using my 50 millimeter 85 millimeter and getting up super close and doing more portrait stuff um Primes are nice too, and they 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 shoot faster too because uh, they don't have all that glass in the way. But I love zoom lenses. Yeah. Though. I'm like a hundred percent zoom lens guy. <laughs> it's just so cool. Like you said, you can change frames and you can do it fast too. You don't have to. I hate yeah. switching lenses. Usually, I just use a uh, twenty four to seventy, then seventy to two hundred. But if you haven't used a seventy to two hundred, oh man, yeah, it's. I need to try it. I know it's it's kind of cool because I think it'll appeal to your artistic mind because with when you go all the way out to like 200, you're creating compositions that are almost design-esque, like almost like a painter. Mm-hmm. And you create like we really weird abstract compositions and stuff. I had always shot with like a 35 or a 50 and I was like, this is cool, but it would drive me nuts because I'm so OCD to have all this shit in the frame. So then, yeah. when, I, then when I got the 7200, I'm like, ah, here it is. I've been waiting for this lens my entire <laughs> life because this is exactly how I see things. But when you watch Heat, you'll see they, they use a lot of long lenses. like, And it's just mm. so wicked, like the way it condenses and compresses things. And yeah, you're in for a ride. It's yeah, probably up I'm there in, in my top ride. 10. So yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just like, it, it's it's definitely at its core. It's an action film, but go deeper into the characters. And you got De Niro and um Al Pacino I mean Al Pacino and De Niro like they face off it's just fucking nuts like wow. get, they, they, those two are just legends you know living legends so yeah yeah so enjoy that one that's a good one that's gonna be good yeah I'm trying to think of any other films but I'll definitely watch Neon Demon because I know that's it was one I meant to yeah. watch and I'm a fan of his work too so I think it just got a bad rap for the the story and like people didn't really understand what he was trying to say. I think they think they were taking it too literally. Yeah. yeah. Um, But if you don't take it literally and you you kind of see past what's actually going on, I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. I think that's what you have to do with his work though. It's like uh, he's very very much an auteur and yeah, he's very much has his own thing. Another film I meant to mention too is a film called Ra. Have you seen that yet? No. French film. Very unique. Uh, like, yeah, really well shot. Um, very, just a really interesting film. Wait, is that about like being vegan or something? <laughs> 
maybe. <laughs> or am I thinking yeah. something else? It's, yeah, well, or is it's, it about a cannibal? Yeah, it's like a, a vegan that turns cannibal. So yeah, and it's. Is it a horror film? I feel like I have a really bad memory, so I could have yeah, seen it. Okay, well, so yeah, it's about <laughs> a young girl. It's a French film, so yeah. Yeah, and it's it's called Raw, and I don't want to spoil it for oh, you. Oh, I've seen yeah. it. Okay, I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Sometimes it takes a little bit to register. <laughs> it's, a, it's a unique film. Yeah, so, no, it was really good. Yeah, it's very different. And it was odd. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I dig it. And it's, it's like, for me, I thought when I watched it, I was like, wow, this is like a coming of age story for like from a woman's perspective, kind of. That's what I kind of thought of it as almost if I went past of like the surface level. And just the oddities of just being unique and different and having to deal with like your body changing and like urges and all that kind of stuff. And just, but it was, you know, instead of the typical, it's like, let's replace that with cannibalism. (laughs) Like, wow. (laughs) And that way it just shocks people, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. And if you you take it too literally, you're just like, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. You have to go, you have to basically replace certain things. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but that's kind of what, that's the way I processed it and kind of thought of it. It was like, you know, um, being unique, being different, letting the world around you, like try to influence you, but like not willing like not letting them so that you can be unique and different and embracing who you are almost, you know, and coming out of that. Exactly. Which is interesting. Very interesting. Very French, which is interesting. Very French. I like French films though. Same. They're, they're hit or miss. You have to be ready for them. I think that's the, that's the key, but yeah, it's quite true. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's kind of on the cusp of this year? Do you have, do you kind of plan out what you're going to be doing this year? Or do you kind of go with flow or do you have any big goals or what's going on this year, 2018? Cause we're, I guess we're in May now or April. I'm so bad with days, but I know not, I think it's we're still April. early on. Yeah, it is April. That's right. Yeah, it is April, middle of April, April 18th. Um, do, yeah. you, do you have, um, like, I don't know, some plans for this year or ideas or things you want to do or travel or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the way I plan on my schedule is kind of, um, more spur of the moment than anything. But as far as goals go, I've, I've been shooting actually a lot of, um, musical artists Hmm. and it's been definitely been a goal of mine this year to shoot more musical artists and shoot more subjects that, you know, like I, I deeply care about, um, because I also play music. I write and sing songs and oh, play cool. guitar. Yeah. So it's been, yeah. So I want to, I, I like the idea. Well, you know, sort of, <laughs> yes, maybe <laughs> well, you, just enjoy, you enjoy being creative. I think that's the word that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm liking the idea of kind of colliding those two worlds together. And in the meantime, I get to meet, you know, artists that I've listened to for years and respect so much and then get to think of conceptual ideas with them and execute them. It's been uh, almost like a dream. That's awesome. Super cool. Did, um, can you say who it is that you've been meeting or no? It's under wraps. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. No, it's not two wraps. Um, <laughs> I have plans with his name's Moses Sumney. Okay. I don't Never know if you know him. No. Nope. You should see. definitely listen to him. Sumney. Moses he, Sumney. Okay. Look him up. He Ooh, is cool. 
so he's talented. Man, damn. He's very photogenic, which is yeah. like a big factor in there. But um, he his voice is is like an angel's voice. Ooh, cool. And he's really talented. So I'm shooting. I'm doing a really conceptual concept, conceptual concept, uh, with him later this month, awesome. at the end of the month. Very yeah. Cool. I'll have to check and him out. I have, yeah, you should check him out. Um, do you know Chelsea Wolf? No, I don't. She does some really dark um, metal, uh, very moody and um, that goth thing going on still, kind of. Yeah, hybrid. She's really cool, and I've liked her stuff for a really long time. Um, And I'm shooting with. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. see, we have a pattern here. Yeah, Um, smart moves. I like how you're doing it. Uh, but yeah, so I, yeah, exactly. She, um, so she agreed to shoot with me at the end of May and I'm shooting her in a pool. Actually, I'm going to do some underwater stuff. Ooh, cool. That's going to be tricky and fun. Yeah. Underwater is tricky. (laughs) Yeah. I've never actually done like a real underwater shoot. Oh, that's, you're going to have a lot of fun. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely different it's a whole different world which is cool the way the body looks and the skin when it moves and stuff underwater is totally different so yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting i've i've been dreaming of doing that for so long because i i think it just look it always looks so dreamy yep just make sure it's heated (laughs) Heated (laughs) yeah seriously indoor and all that stuff yeah awesome (laughs) so these are two this is going to be a lot of fun i'm excited to see kind of what you capture from this yeah and I'll have to check them yeah. out too because it sounds yeah. never heard of these guys. Yeah. There's so much music being made. There's that's kind of crazy. There's so much talent out there and amazing music being made constantly. Um, it's I know. so hard to keep up with it. It's like, oh man. Yeah. yeah, the music industry has definitely changed from what it used to be. Oh yeah, and it's <laughs> anyone can be you know a musician now almost. Yeah, well, oh. I mean you got to have obviously talent, but it helps. So it's like yeah, it's so. Yeah, it's, it's it's cool because you can get your stuff out there. Like, I guess how you're doing with your photos, it's like you just put on SoundCloud or a provider that gets it out there. It's just, yeah, it's just, there's so much of it though. It's crazy. Tons of I it. I know. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to all this stuff. I'm excited to see kind of what you end up doing in, in your evolution and stuff as well. And um, yeah, I'll let you know how this I mean, if you're interested in like what works for me, cause I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you shoot, I mean, what do you shoot with? You use a Canon or. Sony yeah. Or? I use a Canon Mark three. Okay. I have a Mark two. They're just so great. It's like, I know Canon's color science is also just really, really great. So yeah, yeah. You, you can't go wrong, but I think for video, Sony's just crushing everybody. I think from my perspective, oh, definitely. I'm just curious to see kind of how it holds up in comparison, but I'll let you know though if you're interested or curious because like yeah that body is yeah. so affordable and like it can do so much so it shoots like 40k or 4k at yeah. 24 frames which is just really rad so and you can do like I 120 know. at 1080 I think which is also amazing so it's just yeah there you go. let uh, me know because I I actually have a friend 
um, who has that camera and he just rants and raves about it. <laughs> so I've been Shut thinking up, about it. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the, it's like, I don't really care about brand loyalty and all that stuff. I just want whatever works best. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, Canon makes awesome stuff. Their lenses are my favorite, but um, yep. yeah, I'm just curious to see. So, but yeah, I'll let you know since I'm I'm exploring this whole new thing. It's so fun because it's just there's such a wild. It's like a wild, wild west world for me because I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> new and so interesting and and um, I don't know. It's just a switch of pace, but yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, you enjoy those movies. I remember that. Remember to watch Heat and I'm the Pretty Thing that lives on the it lives in the house. And I yeah, I started a one. list so. So and, I wouldn't and ghost forget. Ghost story too, a ghost story. I think oh, that, ghost story, yeah, 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 yeah. That one's really, really good too. And you have really to really watch good. Signs of Sleep. Yes, yes, I got that on my list here, and I'll check out this music that you've suggested as well. But thank you so much, though, for yeah. coming on the show, and and I really appreciate it. And yeah, and it's, it's cool to hear like you know your journey and your you know your striving for your perfection and wanting to be better and evolving and stuff. So it's just cool for me as a fan of your work, because I mean, I know that that means that you're going to evolve and continually inspire the rest of us. So yeah, looking forward to that. Oh, thank you. You know, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. Super talented. So, and I'm really like inspired by your podcast too. The fact that you've started this and, you know, spending time talking to other creatives, I think it's super helpful for the rest of us out there that, you know, need some advice sometime or need need to hear other people's perspective on things. Oh, awesome. I'm just so happy that you're a part of it and, and cool enough to come on. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> well, um, is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that you wanted to say to anybody or cover that we might have missed? Um, I mean, I know it's like time to go. I, I'll just, I'll suggest something and you can say yes or no. Oh, go for it. Whatever you want. It's fine. Um, I was gonna maybe talk about, I'm starting a collective community of female creatives here in LA. Uh, LA. Okay. Yeah. So I was gonna maybe talk about that, but I don't know if it's too, um, go for it. You know, like what's it about taboo? Like how, no, it's not taboo. Why? That, why would that be taboo? I don't know. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean it's, it's what you're interested in. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I was just gonna kind of talk about like the progression of of um, females working in like mostly male dominated jobs and how it's changing and yeah, and kind let's of talk my about that. perspective on it just a little bit. Maybe please, because I have. I mean, I don't have that perspective, honestly. You know, because I'm just I'm in a different. I'm in a different realm. I'm a dude, you know? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm very much curious of it. Cause it's definitely something that like my wife and I talk about it a lot, you know, it's like, we're, you do. yeah. Cause we're just, my wife and I work together, you know, and, she, and we mm-hmm. run our business together and it's interesting. And I, I always say like, cause I've been criticized even on the podcast too. It's like, Ash, you only have guys on. And I'm like, well, I don't mean that. I only look at people's art yeah. and if they happen to be a woman, that's great. If that, I don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me, but it's, yep. it's for me, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, you know, it's like, cause I know it's gotta be, it would be odd for me if I was the only guy, you know, or if like there was only like a couple guys that were doing this, I would think that would be odd. So yeah, I, if I, if I'm, if I'm doing my best to be as empathetical as possible, 
I'm curious of that. So yeah, tell me like, what's the, what's the journey, what you've been up to? Like what, how does it come about and where is it at now? Yeah. So I, 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 I kind of started this about, it's, it's super new. It's, it's only been a couple months, but I cause something sparked inside of me after, you know, talking to so many females that are in these roles that, you know, have been pretty dominated by mostly males over the years. And I've kind of always been, it's kind of always been the standard. Yeah. Um, and it kind of struck like a, a chord with me. I think it happened one day I was looking, um, for a rep, a photo rep actually. And I was doing a lot of research, looking on different agency websites and looking at their rosters. And I, I started noticing like every single time there would be a large majority of, of the photographers were males over females. And then some of them didn't even um, rep any females at all. So I started noticing this trend and noticing this pattern and I, I got a little frustrated because it, it made me realize that a large um, majority of the, of the males out there are getting the higher paying jobs over females Yeah, because that, you know, that's where they're coming from or going to when they're, you know, going to a rep for that. So yeah. I started thinking and then I, I was talking to other females and um, I just, maybe I was also a little sick of like, just doing my own creative work and, 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 and living my life. Like my life is wrapped around my creative work and, um, my own stuff that I felt like I kind of wanted to do something that was a little bit different and, and do something that maybe would eventually help other people, Mm. um, in the long run. So I started this idea that maybe we could all, all the females, across all creative industries here in Los Angeles kind of come together um, and connect on a business level and a friend level. And then eventually that will strengthen our positions here and stimulate more women driven work and kind of help close the gender gap here in Los Angeles. And hopefully it'll, you know, eventually spread um, besides Los Angeles, you know, different cities, but the goal is to kind of keep it for Los Angeles for now. Um, the, the goal and then is to also like have equalize that, the, level, the playing field then, right? It's like to get you exactly. guys, uh, you have representation and that you guys have like your own kind of community that you kind of come to that will help basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what's missing here is that there isn't really a community and there mm-hmm. isn't somewhere you can go if you, you know, you have tough questions or you have, a tough client and you don't know how to handle it or, you know, you're in, you're on set and you're the only female and you don't know how to, how to be or how to feel about it. I think it's, it would be super helpful to have a group, a support system there to get you through those moments, um, during your career. Yeah. So I'm in the, the, the first steps and, um, we have our first meetup next month, which I'm super excited about. Nice. And I actually, um, we shot our first, we're producing video content. Um, so we kind of, we're kind of showcasing, I, I showcase a team of women with each episode. Cool. Um, and we, it, there, it's kind of a behind the scenes video of a team of women working to create unique content. Hmm. So I have like a a woman DP filming the whole thing. And then I have a photographer that's shooting, 
you know, a model or a talent or whatever the concept is. And then an art director and a stylist and hair and makeup and all the whole thing. Um, so it kind of, and then we interview each woman that's on the team and they give their insight and their experience that they've had being a woman in their industry. And then it's all kind of packaged together to show, like give a face to, you know, each person and give a face to women in, in the creative industry. Hmm, Very cool. I mean, it's a journey right there. And that's like a, it's a, what's cool is like, it's coming from a pure place, which is awesome. And like trying to get more exposure and like trying to build a community. Cause that's really the key of it. I think it's the community and building a community around that yeah. is really great. You know, it's not like we hate men. It's that's not the thing. It's like, no, no. We, we just want to be represented, you know, like and, and be equal or even just have a place where we can like communicate to one another. So we don't feel completely like blacked out. Cause I always thought that it was interesting too. And it's something that, I mean, I'm com- I was completely blind to, to be honest, I didn't even think of it that like, you know, where's all the ladies? I was just like, well, I just, I just figured, well, maybe women just aren't into this or the average person isn't, you know, it's like, um, and that's just kind of how it is, I guess. I just, I didn't question it so much, but then it started to become more of a trend. I think I was like, wow, that is interesting. And it's really weird. And because like, even with my daughter, I say like, you do whatever you want, you know, it's like, you never tell and you like, don't let ever, ever let anybody tell you that you can't do anything if you don't want to like, Mm -hmm. or like, it's up to you, you know, your choice of living is based on whatever it is that you want. And the quality of life comes from that. But I think what I really admire and I appreciate with what you're saying is it's like you're being action oriented. So many times I hear people just bitching and complaining about stuff. It's like, all right, we get it, but like go do something about it, you know? So it's really cool that you're putting that effort towards it and like great things are going to come from it. And like, it's, it's just awesome. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, What's it called it's, so we can support it? What is it called? Oh, yes. Sorry. It's called Super Virgo. Super Virgo? Is that what it's called? Yep. Awesome. Super Virgo. And this is One a, word. And this is an event that's taking place in LA, as you said? Like there's a meetup? Yeah. Our first meetup is May 6th. May 6th. Okay. So I don't know if this podcast will be out I don't know if it by will then, be but then. Yeah, yeah, probably not. But how but can people, it doesn't if, matter, if it doesn't come out then? Okay. How, how can people, somebody that's listening that would be interested in being a part of it, how can they access or get be a part of it? Yeah. So we have a website. Okay. It's supervirgo.com. Awesome. And you can check out all of everything we're going to offer. But um, basically, there's a little form on the website too where you can give your name, your email, um, and subscribe so I can update you on everything that's happening because right now it's so new and not everything's in place. Um, I just want to be able to update people when things actually start progressing and becoming a real thing. Awesome. That's cool. I love that you're taking action and making it happen. So it's cool. Like I said, for me, like from my standpoint, it's just like, that's what you do. The collective podcast came originally from my frustrations in this industry where people we're taking advantage of artists and I wanted to, exp- I was trying to expose all these things that were like, Hey, don't, you don't need to do this and that. And so I was trying to ex- you know, expose that. And now I feel like for me, it's kind of evolved into exposing the deeper concepts of what it is to be creative and overcoming your diversity is no matter who you are, where you come from and making art a universal love and a language, you know, so, or just a universal expression really. And like exposing the fact that from high level, to middle level to beginning students like we all share certain kind of tendencies 
Um, and that's kind of was the mission for me. So I'm curious and excited yeah. to see kind of what your project and what it's going to come of. It's going to be cool. And I appreciate you bringing it up because I'm glad we didn't skip on missing that part. So. Okay, good. Phew. I yeah. didn't want to like keep you. No, no, I just no. Thought, it's fine. I, that's such an important thing that's going on with me right now. It good. would be a shame not to, no, to talk about it. it. No, I'm really glad you brought it up because that sounds like a rad, you know, a really good thing. And it's it got a great cause. So super cool. And so that everybody, if you're listening to this, you want to be a part of it. There's the website. Hopefully, if we get this podcast out in time, because we release it um, every other week, I think, so twice a month. Mm. So I think we might miss that one because I think there's a couple episodes before you. So, but if you... No um, worries. Yeah, but then, you know, like you said, there's more events and you can subscribe, which is great too. So, yeah. Yeah, that's just the first of many. So you'll be able to come to the next one. And that concludes this week's episode. Big thank you to Lauren for coming on the show and sharing her time with us this week. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 179, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.